Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Over the next three weeks, we're picking 12 of the great sporting moments of the year involving Aussies. And they're in no particular order, Sats. These, in 2022? In 2022, okay. sorry. Yep. Yeah, in 20, no particular order. Yep. They're just 12 great moments. Mm. And, geez, if we were putting it in order, this this lady would be near the top. Uh, of course, we are talking about Steph Gilmore winning her eighth world title. Flew under the radar a little bit, this one, with so mm. much sport and so many achievements this year. Jason, listeners, of course, Steph Gilmore, for those who don't follow surfing, made her debut in... 2005, I think she was a wild card entry. She bases herself on the Gold Coast. And at 34 years of age now, 2022, when many thought at the age of 33, she's now 34, that uh, her time had come. There's too many young surfers. There's this this new system now in world surfing. And there's a really good – talk about documentaries. Really good doco on – I think it's Binge. It's called – make or break. It follows the World Surfing Tour, men's and women's, for an entire year. It's outstanding. And the new format. And at 33 years of age, many thought the young, more agile surfers were going to be able to handle the new format better. But Steph Gilmore, after winning seven, and Lane Beachley, she'd equaled Lane Beachley, one of our great sports sportsmen and women we've ever seen as well. And she breaks it with her eighth world title in 2022 at the age of 33. It's just a phenomenal effort uh, to to do what you've got to do under the new system. Now, the new format, just in layman's terms, is you finish in inside a final, uh, the final five. You just you've got. Yeah, to, she came in fifth. Yeah, you've yeah. got, and then the r- number ranked number one ranked surfer, Chris Moore. She just waits. She just waits at the end. She waits for everyone else to to fight out the or the, the contenders the opportunity yeah. to to meet her in the final, and and that's what Steph Gilmore had to do. She had to fight tooth and nail again at 33 years of age against these young athletes and to win her eighth world title. I think she goes down as as one of our great Australian sports people of what she's achieved at the start of her career. Two years in, wins the world championship, wins in, wins her eighth in uh, at the age of 33. Outstanding. Absolutely she, outstanding. Can she um, – have, have a listen to this and I'll come back. I've got a question for you. But let's close this one out. One of the most emotional and deserving moments – of Stephanie Gilmore's career. She holds the record to herself, officially an eight-time world champion. I won a lot of titles in different ways, and and this, to be honest, was the best win I've had. To to come all the way from fifth and just grind it out all the way to the final, you know, I knew it was possible, and I could try and conserve some energy and, and make it work, but I'm against, you know, Brisa, Tati, Joanne, Carissa, they're all my favourite female surfers. They're incredible and and I knew it would be tough, but yeah, I'm stoked I had a shot at it and here we are. Anything's possible. This is so cool. So now she's sitting on eight world titles. Mm. Kelly Slater, 11. Yes. Will she catch him, do you think, and become the greatest? Well, if you would have asked me this before this new format came out, I, was, I would have said no chance whatsoever, but she's proved well, me and, and many people wrong. In this documentary, Make or Break, it, it it shows how much 
how highly thought of she is within the surfing the surfing ranks, male and female. And and the, the documentary sort of makes her out to be this person that has just been one of the greats, but unfortunately time may get away from her. That's mm. the way I saw it. And she's just battling through semifinals and she's getting knocked out by these younger surfers. But, you know, the, the hardened veterans will find a way. So will she? Many thought that Kelly Slater was finished in his 40s. That's right. Well, late 40s, 50. He's proved them wrong. Yep. Matty, we started last night with our greatest sporting moments of 2022, and tonight we celebrate another great female Australian athlete. And, of course, it is Ash Barty. Uh, starting off early in the year and out of mind for a lot, but in January, Ash Barty crowned her achievements with a win at the Australian Open. Um, and then we know what happened after that. The story of Ash, as we all know and love, started off in Ipswich. She made her Australian Open debut at the age of 15 in, in 2012. She won a few doubles uh, before announcing a hiatus from the game in 2014. And then she took up cricket for the Brisbane Heat and killed it. Yeah. And then thought, why not? I'll go back to tennis in 2016. It was the break she needed from the game. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we from the outside look at our athletes and just think they're going to keep doing it. But you don't understand the pressures that come with being a professional athlete day in, day out. And particularly in in her world as a tennis player, you're on your own. And, mm. and it can be a lonely place at times. Um, now, I'm a bit of a golfer, and I'll go, all right. Um, and my mate, who's a pro golfer, says to me, you've got to practice, you've got to practice. Like, I don't want to go and practice on my own. You want to enjoy it. I want to I'm, I'm play it because I want to yeah. play with my mates and have yeah. the banter and that. But that's the world of a tennis player or a golfer, or you know, and we don't see those pressures and what gets to you over time. And, you know, obviously she needed a break and – she came back refreshed, and boy, did she come back. Well, she won the French Open in 2009. She came back to the game in 2016, but won the French in 2019, and then she had another 11-month break. She went away, and then she won some tournaments uh, leading up to her Wimbledon victory uh, as well. Uh, and then with all the expectation and pressure, Barty managed to reach the final, losing only one service game. Uh, in the final at the Australian Open, and this is how it happened. A destiny is fulfilled. This is just a dream come true for me, and I'm I'm so proud to be an Aussie. So thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Yeah, she became the first Australian woman since uh, Chris O'Neill in 1978 to win the Australian Open and was undefeated in the 2022 season, which included 11 straight single wins uh, and, and tournament titles in Adelaide and Melbourne, plus a doubles triumph. Don't forget that. And then in March, she surprised us all by announcing her retirement. Yeah, it was, it was, it was devastating news for us who love seeing Ash Barty on the court. But, you know, it's her choice. And, jeez, um, how can you just not love her? Mm. You know, she's just such a humble, just great role model for all the young women coming up into any sport, you know, someone who you can look at and go... Well, any part of life. Any part of life. Yeah, you're right. And you're a right. wonderful Indigenous Australian yeah. as well. And I hope we still get to see Ash Barty around the place, whether it's promoting uh, women uh, and, and working with young women in particular, as you said, or working in the Indigenous community. Yeah. I hope we still get to see a lot of it. Because yeah, absolutely. I've never met anyone who said a bad word about no, it. Yeah, I mean, and if they did, uh, you know, you just... You'd write it off because we'd well, punch mean, him in the face. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well yeah, I, I mean, mean, violence is never no, the answer. No. Just ask Will Smith. <laughs> and things can go pear shaped when you slap yes, someone. Don't slap someone. Well, <laughs> no, he still won the Oscar. 
Now on Sports Day, the great sporting moments of 2022. Yeah, you like that, Satsy? Uh, we are doing it. Join Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. We're looking at some of our great moments this year from Australian legends. Uh, and we've put together a list. Well, Jack and I, and we're all throwing in our two bobs worth of putting together a list. Uh, there's 12, there are 12 moments, and they're in no particular order. Last night was Ash Barty winning the Australian Open. Tonight, we're looking back at the great sporting moments of 2022, as I said, with a big year. This is another outstanding performance from one of our great down-to-earth athletes. Yeah, he won five times. Did you say that five times this year? No. No, five times this year, uh, ascended to the top of the sport. And the good part about him is he's got, he's got great humility. He seems to be just a – and why he, I, I think he appeals to so many Australians is he's just his laid-back nature as well. And he's so accessible to the fans. Yeah. Those images after the Australian Open at the, the famous Brecky Creek Hotel, outstanding. Um, in January, what he won, the Century Tournament of Champions in Hawaii – and uh, got th- was a 34 under par. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And he beat think, uh, John Rahm. I think he only had, he only more, one, one putted, more than one putted once or twice. Yeah. In the final round. Yeah. Yeah. And in the Players' Championship, he had eight one putts, final nine holes. Uh, and in the British Open, and you talk to a lot of golfers that play on the circuit. You know, the Masters, the green jacket is probably the most celebrated externally, but internally, a lot of the golfers want to win the Open, the Open Championship, the British Open. That's what he did. Uh, he, his final day, and he found himself in a little bit of a hole midway through that, that final day. Um, but his, his short game is putting. So much so, I was listening to, uh, watching a, a golf show yesterday and uh, two American golfing experts were saying, they're talking about their longest, who's the longest driver of Who was the most accurate driver? What about the best second shot player of all time? And Tiger was a lot of, a lot of them, best putter of in the history of golf. And they said, oh, I believe this kid, Cam Smith, by the time he's finished, he'll be our greatest putter of he's all time. He's worked on it, in the game. It's not a fluke. Yeah, so an amazing. It was an amazing uh, four days to watch, especially to watch that, that last day to get the claret jug. Uh, this is how it all wound up. Cam Smith has won the 150th Open. He is the champion golfer of the year. And with a score of 268, the winner of the gold medal and the champion golfer of the year is Cameron Smith. Yeah, well done, Cameron Smith. And a a well-deserved winner to be nominated in our best moments of 2022. By the way, he capped off the year with a a win at the Live Tournament in Chicago. Mm. Correct me if I'm right. Correct me if I'm right. I think it was the first Live Tournament he played in as well. After he signed that monstrous $120 million deal with uh, Live Golf. Uh, And then, of course, he won the Australian Open, as you mentioned, uh, and dedicated that win to his grandmother, who walked the course with him. I know. And uh, that last 18 holes. Amazing, isn't it? And then from all reports, he actually donated the winnings to charity. And then she did a shoey. <laughs> did his she? grandma after it. He no, she didn't. didn't she should have, that. but. Uh, and then the live tournament, they'll be playing one in Adelaide. They will they? be. First one in Australia. We're still yet to know, that, yet to find out that whether he's going to be playing in, yeah. the, uh, in the Masters. I reckon he's a chance of playing in the Masters. So you're saying the Masters isn't PGA sanctioned? It's not. It's not. Well, it's p- sanctioned by the PGA, but it's not PGA tournament. Okay. So nor is the British, nor nor is the Open. Mm. 
So there is you got the USPGA and all those. Yeah, he Do you won't feel be as though that? that? I mean, I was against the live because I was against Super League when it first came around '95 as well. But uh, then warmed to the fact that Super League is probably what the game needed to kick it in the backside and get it to the the stage that it needed to. I was the same with Liv. I was going, you know what? Don't break something that's not broken. You got golfers are earning lots of money anyway, um, so it can't be about money. Well, no, I'm, there are I'm, a lot of golfers, Sats, have joined Liv who weren't earning a lot of money and now they are making a decent living and now the caddies are. I mean, the top guys are earning a lot of money, like the Cam Smiths. Yeah. But they're, they're It's a, like any sport. You've got to work hard to get to a point where you but, are getting recognition and, and getting money. But there are young... You can't go- be given money just for the sake no, of... No, no, but there are young Australian golfers now playing, finishing last and getting 180000 US for mm. finishing last. Whereas in the PGA... You Is that like get- a, everyone gets a medal? No. No, no it's not. And, and and But in the PGA, it's a lot less. It's actually a lot less money. It should um, be a lot less money if you're coming last. And the caddies... I, I've got to tell you, a mate of mine was a caddy for Ian Baker Finch, right? And they... I mean, when they're winning majors, everything's... But the caddies weren't earning much money on the PGA. They get like a $1,200 payment. They've got to pay for their own meals. They've got to find accommodation. And if they win a tournament, they get 5% of the prize money, yep. which is which is great if you win one. But if you're helping out a mate who's just turned pro and he's made it and he's finally got onto the PGA Tour, you're not earning a lot of money, mate. You're not... And you're driving everywhere. So, yeah, you hear about all the top earners... But Liv is looking after the ones that are down the other end of the scale as well. Now all the caddies have been looked after. They're getting paid double the money. What about rugby players that, that aren't on full time? That you know, once upon a time when you'd you'd work all day and then you go to training. And there's, yeah. there's still a lot of players that do that today. And then, oh, then I would it, say join, uh, pick up a golf club, and join Liv. Liv. That's what I'd be doing. Uh, great sporting moments of 2022. This has got to be up there. The road to the World Cup, and of course tonight the Socceroos is a long. Long road. In fact, it was 1,008 days, 20-match journey for qualification for Qatar. Had to go the long way home. And and sats a lot of games played out of the country because of COVID as well. Yeah, of course. And and in that lead up, that pathway to Qatar, we, we went through the group after losing to 2-0. We were third in our group. And, and then, of course, um, scraped to a 2-1 lead in the UAE. And this is well around the time when a lot of people were questioning whether – Graham Arnold should be the the coach of the or the manager of the Australian soccer side leading into the World Cup, and I'm glad that Soccer Australia they they stood firm and they put their their faith in him, um, and I'm glad that the playing group, although he's tough in his approach to the game, I'm glad that the players really bought into it because we saw the the, the what we would call success from an Australian mm. footballing uh, fraternity and. Um, we would class as, as a success getting through to the final 16. And uh, we, we had a nil-all draw in that lead-up as well against Peru in regular time. But then you know, after, in, in relation to that Peru game, it was all about Graham Arnold and the change that he made. Masterstroke. 2005, was there was a change made in 2005 from memory also. I think it was Gus Hitting that did that. And Graham Arnold was his was assistant. His assistant. And there was a, a, a change made on this occasion. It was Matt Ryan, um, the ever-present Matt Ryan. And he was replaced by Sydney FC's Andrew Redmayne. And, of course, in extra time and penalty shootout, I should say, Andrew Redmayne came up with possibly one of the, the, the plays of the last decade. Alex Valada. 
makes the save. It's a save that means the world to Australia. It's a save that means the World Cup for Australia. Joy unbridled for Graham Arnold and Rene Mullenstein for his players. They are going to the World Cup in Qatar. No one gave them much of a chance, but never, ever write off the Socceroos. And we saw the outcome. And mm. it was a, a young playing group that have now gone away and experienced a World Cup. And in four years' time, again, we'd like to think with the in- cash injection that Australia will get from getting through to the, the level that they did, uh, that you know, that injection of cash can continue development and also take that young group through to the next World Cup and be better for the experience. And I saw, saw today, Sats, that we officially finished 11th at the World Cup as well. Not our world ranking, just that's... That's where we Cup. finished in okay, the tournament. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, a great tournament for the Socceroos and the, and the story to get there, amazing as well. Now on Sports Day, the great sporting moments of 2022. Rightio, I'm, gonna, um, I'm just going to do the mention here for the lovely client. Choose Termidor, Australia's most trusted termiticide. But, Sats, I'm going to give this great sporting moment of 2022 to you, our first team that we're featuring over these next 12 days. And, of course, it is your mighty Penrith Panthers. Yeah, their grand final win in 2022, their second uh, back-to-back. And the game itself, I think, to many was a little bit underwhelming because they were so dominant. But I suppose it's their run in uh, 2019 – sorry, 2020, uh, beaten by Melbourne. 2021, uh, they won their – their first premierships since 2003, and then to go through and win um, 2022 as well. And I suppose 2021 premiership was played in Brisbane, wasn't played in Sydney amongst their, their no, core Latrell, fans. No, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, for South, yeah. <laughs> um, but then to be able to, to play the, the grand final, the NRL grand final in, in Sydney in front of their fans uh, probably means a lot more to them than the, the 2021 one. Um, in saying that, uh, they had a pretty tough run in because they had some injuries during the year. Jerome Luai yep. suffered an MCL, a, a medial ligament strain. He was gone for four weeks. Nathan Cleary was sidelined for five weeks for that spear tackle. And then their, I suppose their second string has really took over. Sean O'Sullivan, Kurt Falls, uh, Jamin Salmon and co. It just shows their depth. What impresses me most about this side, this Panther side, is the amount of the juniors that have played together since they were 15 or 16, they've just come through all these junior reps. They've won comps. They hit first grade together, and they've got this really good blend. And I've got to say, I mean, they've lost Viliami Kikau this year. He's a huge loss. Happy Coruscant is a massive loss as well. I don't think they'll start the season as, as good as what they, they do in the past because they've got the World Club Challenge, a lot of players on the, on the World Cup mm. Tour as well. So they may start a little bit underdone, but they'll come home strong. As usual. Now, in round one of the finals, they faced the Eels. They beat them twice in the regular season, the Eels. Um, but in this game, it was, it was a pretty clinical performance to beat them 27-8. Now, they go back to kick out. In fact, no, they come back the other way. Cleary, there's a pain move. Edwards sliding through. It was all set up for the fullback. Wow. And he slid through, picked up the kick of the captain, and they get across for another try. Yep, and then um, one week off when you win that week one of the finals. You get the week off and watch everyone else play it out and maybe some teams get some injuries or whatever it may be. Then they face South and just, again, they showed their class and 
confirmed why they were the Premiership favourites. Right-hand side, Cleary. Cleary to the line. Went over to the right-hand side. Now puts a grubbering oh. kick through. It's on all day. And Nathan scores a try. And it's a grand final of the Golden West. 32-12 that was. And they got to a stage of the game when they just knew when to put their fing- finger on the trigger and, and pull it. And that's exactly what they did against South, as much as you hate that, Woogie. Mm. Now, they face the Eels again in that final series. Is in the grand final. Many believe that Parramatta had finally reached their final moment. They... You know, the year before they they nearly they nearly beat Penrith in Mackay that game was in sapping heat and Penrith were able to get away with it a really low scoring game and many thought that this was Parramatta's year but it wasn't to be because the Panthers not only did they they arrive at the grand final as the favourites they took it to another level and ended up running out winners and back to back premiers by beating the Parramatta Eels twenty six nil. Oh, Edwards to Charlie Staines. The Forbes Ferrari scores. And Penrith press play on the party. The party starts for Penrith. 21 minutes remaining. It's 26 nil and a kick to come. Yeah, two late tries yeah. to the to the Parramatta Eels. But, you know, the, the game was done. And what, what I loved about it is not only did they have a lot of success through the SG Ball, Jersey Fleet, New South Wales Cup, they won all those titles as well. First time in, in rugby league history. Uh, but in saying that as well, the man you just heard his name, Dylan Edwards, not only did he come up with a, a really big moment, individual moment in the game with his with his um, his very impressive tackle, um, but the Clive Churchill medalist. Because this is a guy he's continued to – he's had to continue to try and get recognition of a, as a player that can can be one of the, you know, the major influences on his side because mm. – there's a lot, of, and I was one of those probably a few years back. I thought if you've got to win the comp, I think your fullback has got to be a guy that scores anywhere from 15 to 20 tries. But Dylan Edwards is basically just—he's unassuming, isn't he? Oh, he's, and he's one of the most popular teammates. He's yeah. one of the fittest team uh, players in the team as well. And uh, he finally stepped out of that that shadow of people that people thought that he wasn't good enough to compete at a week to week level if their team was going to be. The premiers. Not only has he done that, he goes and wins a Clive Churchill medal. Aren't we blessed with fullbacks in the game? Well, it's. I think outside of. I, I mean, th- I'm, not, I'm not talking about the ones who want to be fullbacks. The current fullbacks we have in the game. The class. Well, it's the most important player in the side now. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Well, they cover the most amount of yards and meters, and and they've got to be the ones who got to be able to be the strike player as well. So they've become the most important player in the side. Is Dylan Edwards now up there with the likes of Teddy? Oh, different player, different influence on the game. But when you talk about our great fullbacks currently in the game, Dylan Edwards is now in that conversation as a fullback that if he went on the open market, probably the best way to explain it, if he went on the open market now, mm. he would have a majority of clubs lining up for his services. There That's how important he is to a side. He'd get well over a million bucks, wouldn't mm. he, easily? Uh, well done, Sats. A great moment of uh, 2022. Nice to hear someone else losing to the Panthers in a grand final. Other than South, we'll have another great Australian sporting moment of 2022 for you on Monday night here on Sports Day. Let's talk about one of the great Australian sporting moments of 2022. And this team, they are amazing. A team that maybe doesn't get the limelight but had a remarkable year in 22 was the Australian women's 
cricket team. What haven't they won, Sats? It started in January with the England team over for a massive series across all formats. Of course, we won the Ashes. And how exciting was that as well? Are they our most most successful Australian sporting team currently? I think... They would have to be, wouldn't they? uh, Them, and I'm going to say it as well. There might be some obscure sport that we don't follow religiously. But the ones that... Take the limelight, I'd say the Australian women's cricket team and the Australian women's swimming team. Yep. I, I think you would struggle to find better. You know what I like about the Australian women's cricket team? Mm-hmm. They like electricity. It's one of the good things yeah. I like about them. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, else? Well, they need it for their hair straighteners. <laughs> <laughs> the one of the test match has been described as one of the greatest ever when they uh, when they ended up winning that test uh, match against England with the rain intervening and the match being only four days to begin with, it had everything from massive run tra- chases, wickets tumbling, and both teams wrestling for a result. Both teams could have easily won as Australia rallied late and took six for 26 in less than six overs to be one wicket away from sealing the win with a mere 13 balls remaining in the match. England, however, survived, but were 12 runs short of a victory, so the match Ended in a draw. It was remember, a great test yeah, match. Yeah, it was, it was riveting. It was riveting watching, waiting for Australia to get those final final wickets. They then had a, uh, a three-match ODI series. Uh, the Australians managed a clean sweep, asserting their dominance in the world rankings. Next was a series of matches as warm-up for the World Cup in New Zealand. Australia will win their first five matches heading into the semi-final against the West Indies without star Elise Perry, who was ruled out with back spasms. Australia won the match by 157 runs. With Alyssa Healy and Rachel Haynes scoring 216 runs for the first wicket, including a century from Healy. What does Ian Healy, her uncle, call her? Pip. Uh, squeak. 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 Mm. Yeah. In the final of the tournament, the World Cup, Australia beat England by 71 runs to win their seventh World Cup. Backing back. That's the catch. They have what they came for. It's the World Cup title. One off, if not the best team we have ever seen. Yep. Melissa Healy, she, what did she score? 170. In an ODI? Yeah. Wow. The highest individual score made by any cricketer, male or female, in the World Cup final. Mm. And she's just continued that form on. The next tournament was the Commonwealth Games where the Aussies progressed through the group and won the gold after defeating India by nine runs. Then they would go into a five-match T20 series in India, which just finished up yesterday where they managed to win four out of five games. A dominant year from one of our most successful national teams of all time. Not yep. just this year, but of all time. Well done, girls. Well done. Outstanding, Outstanding performance. And I've got to say, they've kept the core group of players together for a lot of years now. They've built, they've built a really special, a really special um, like process that any player that comes in has got to follow. If not, they'll quite uh, quickly find the uh, the exit door. And they did it too without their skipper, Meg Lenny. Yeah. Who took a break from cricket as well. Great sporting moments of 2022, Matt. And I've got to say, this one has to be in it. The Rugby League World Cup was late in the year but provided a, a whole lot of excitement in the lead up and during the tournament. We had back-to-back World Cups at the end of the year, didn't we? We had yeah, so yeah. many of them. Melbourne. The Soccer World Cup, I, I, I enjoyed that. I did enjoy it. And, and Australia performed yep. so well. Yeah, we covered um, that one last week. Yeah, yeah it was just uh, – but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the Soccer World Cup and I just thought what a fitting finish to see Messi win. I know you're not a fan of Messi, 
No, I don't, I don't mind him. I don't even know anything about him. It was interesting with the Australian team in the Rugby League World Cup, a lot of prominent players weren't available to no. play for Australia. They wanted to play for their other nations, uh, like Josh Papali'i and, and Suwali, and as well as injuries to Tom Travojevic and, and Payne Haas. You know, you thought, oh, maybe Australia a little bit vulnerable here. Yeah, but... well, the New Zealand forward pack looked strong yep. going in. You thought, yep. well, you know, that's where the game's won and lost. So, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, there was, a, there was a few sort of thoughts of, you know, maybe New Zealand could roll Australia in this World Cup. Yeah, I think there was always question marks around their halves, though. Yeah, yeah, there certainly was. Yep. Um, we started off strong against Fiji. We won 42-8. Josh Adokar showing his incredible speed, speed minute, length of the field try. How can you not love, love Josh Adokar? He's just an excitement machine. He's a great personality, and it's great to have guys like that in the game. He scored five tries against Scotland, where we won 84-0. Do you think do you, do you think Freddie Fittler was watching this going, if I only just picked him in origin? I thought he was it was a loss. I thought I thought he was he I, I thought he would have added it just having players like that, that those sort of characters in your team builds camaraderie. Um not not taking any away from anything yep. away from Daniel Tupo or or um who was the other winger? Uh, I can't even think. God, I can't remember yeah, that far yeah. back. But I just, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a maybe a, a bit of a selection blunder. Oh, Toto. Yeah, Toto. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, Tupo was the blunder. Yeah, he was the blunder. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, his def- his defence wasn't up to it either mm. in state of origin, and he's probably, I think he's probably the premier winger under the high ball though. Yeah. You know, and at you get, club level, you get so few opportunities in origin that if you can. Is Jag a try off a kick or yep. two? It can make a huge difference. Hey, um, getting back to the World Cup, by the way, uh, the final group game, we beat Italy 66-6. Of course, uh, Teddy played against his old his old team, Italy. Um, we then went into the uh, quarterfinals. We beat Lebanon 48-4. Semi-final was a huge match. Obviously, as you said, Kangaroos versus the Kiwis, both teams. Uh, this should have been the final. Well, actually, no, it shouldn't have been because I was so glad Samoa was there in the end. Led by Michael Maguire with some big stars, uh, we ended up winning. And I don't know how we did it, but I'll tell you what, this bloke did. He helped out. Australia with a restart and Murray straight from it. New Zealand bundied off. They just weren't ready. And Australia produce. That That was weird, wasn't it? He just took the ball up, ran through the line. It, it, yes, they weren't switched on, were they? They weren't. No, they weren't. It cost them and, you know, puts them on the back foot. And, you know, when Australia got ahead in that final, it was just, you know, New Zealand were never going to peg them back. And, um, you know, Australia just played a real professional game in that in that final and, and got the job done. I thought it was a, it was a good effort. Wonderful, um, wonderful effort from Samoa to make the final. They took on Australia, of course. Oh, yes. They beat England, which was massive Samoa. And the build-up to this game in Australia during the week was phenomenal. Well, Samoa um, – sorry, the Samoa and Tonga game sort of disappointed me a little. Oh, sorry, no, the, the um, Samoa versus England game. Oh, jeez, I loved it. No, when England got – England beat them, like, convincingly. Oh, the first game. The first game. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And it was like, geez, what is – like, they promised so much, but then they rallied, you know, yeah. and they sort of – they came good, which was, which was good to they, see. They copped some flack and they thought, oh, here we go. Here yeah. goes Samara again. Yeah. You know, they're just turning up. They're probably mm. chewing through the buffets. You hear all those stories all the time, yeah. but they clicked. 
And they had some big names in both teams, Australia and Samoa, in yeah. that World Cup final. Kangaroos started strong and asserted their dominance, securing their third consecutive World Cup with tries to Liam Martin, Cam Murray, two for Teddy and two for Latrell. Still alive for Australia. Martin with the ball. They're going backwards. Hunt, then left. Clary Long. Here it is. Mitchell with it. It started with a Mitchell try. It'll finish with a Mitchell try. Mission accomplished. Beating Samoa by 30 points to 10. You know, Sione uh, threw in highlights from South Sydney players. I did notice that. <laughs> in the World I, Cup. I, I, I am such a Liam Martin fan. Yeah, how good's he been? He's just, the last couple of years, he's just gotten better and better. And, uh, yeah, he's certainly, I mean, I, mean, I think if, if the Panthers had to choose to lose Kikau or Martin, I think, you know, out of the two back rollers that they've got, I think they, they move on, no, Kikau moves on. I think they're perfectly comfortable with having Liam Martin there, bringing in Luke Garner, who's, who's gone there from the West Tigers. I don't think they're going to miss a beat. What if you had to choose between Isaiah Yo and Liam Martin? I'm taking Isaiah Yo. Yeah, he just he, he controls the middle of the field so well. He's he's a he's a great footballer. Take nothing away from Liam Martin, but yeah, uh, I think Isaiah Yo's got the nod there. Okay, great sporting moments, Aussie sporting moments of 2022. The Kangaroos winning the World Cup.